At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 107. Today, we are doing a true crime episode on the disappearance of Richard Patrone and Danielle Imbo. Now, this is a case that it has bothered us for a long time. It has. We've been following this one for a while. Yeah, it's a truly baffling one. It is. It's one that will leave you just like with more questions and answers. And we really have no idea what happened to these two. So it's a real mystery. We'll get into that case here in a few minutes, but there's a couple other things we wanted to talk about beforehand. First off, this episode is brought to you by Clean Colt, Cosbox, Purple, Gobby, and ID Tech Camps. Thanks for the support. But first, we wanted to address some of the issues that we've had with YouTube. So yes, it's been really crazy lately, and I know all of you don't watch us on YouTube, but for those that do, we've had some serious issues. Yeah, we have, and about half of our viewers or maybe a little less watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So that's a good majority of you that were like, what happened to the episode this week? And we know that a lot of you don't follow us on our Twitter or our Instagram, which we'll leave that below. If you do want to follow us for future updates like this. Yes. So if you guys don't follow us on our social media, then you wouldn't have known what was going on. And I'm sure a lot of you were wondering why our episode came out really late this week. It was posted on Sunday uh, instead of Wednesday when it's normally supposed to go out. And normally we can communicate with those of you that don't follow us on social media through our community tab, but that was completely shut down for us as well. So basically last week we got a strike on our YouTube channel and this was our, I guess the first one was a warning. So this was our first official strike. Right. And what happens when you get a strike is you're not allowed to upload for a week or live stream or use your community tab. This really sucks because we weren't able to put up our episode last week. But not only that, we had a full episode removed. And I think when I posted this on Twitter, a lot of people were like, maybe it's because you guys talk about conspiracies. YouTube doesn't like that. They're shutting you down for something you said. But this was our paranormal episode with Brian Bonner. Yeah. I don't know how many of you guys saw that episode, but you can no longer watch it on YouTube because we are banned from uploading Yeah, straight deleted that shit. Yep. And we are banned from even uploading it onto another channel or anything like that. If we do that, we could get our whole podcast channel removed from the platform completely. It's absolutely ridiculous, it honestly. It's and been so frustrating. The the biggest thing with it, though, is YouTube doesn't actually tell you what it got removed for, really. They give you like, you violated community guidelines, which and are a bunch of different like, things. And then they give you like, yeah, like a general category. Which ours was promoting harmful or dangerous uh, uh it was removed as harmful and dangerous content, but right. then we were told that it could be because we were selling regulated goods. goods or services. Yeah. So the only thing we could think of was CBD, but we didn't talk about CBD in that episode at all. Like no. there's episodes where we talk about CBD and cannabis as the whole content of the episode. And that's still out there. Right. And then we have this paranormal investigator on the show and that's removed. It makes no sense whatsoever because there's I went back and watched through and there's nothing there's in there. There's nothing that would have violated community guidelines whatsoever. And the fact that YouTube just removed it completely Mm -hmm. issued us a strike. And then when we try to appeal it and say, Hey, this is a mistake. Like Mm -hmm. what the hell they immediately denied our appeal. And so we took to Twitter to start trying to 
get somebody from YouTube to explain to us what happened with this, because this makes absolutely Give us no a timestamp. What exactly did we do wrong? And so we can learn from it in the future. If we are doing something wrong, we need to know. Uh, as far as we know, CBD is completely legal and there should be no issues with promoting CBD or being able to talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, but I, in that episode, it wasn't even in it. Yeah. I mean, there was a link in the description box, which is the only thing. It's for, always in our description. But though. that's in so many videos. And why wouldn't YouTube go and take all of those videos down if that was truly what was the issue? And I don't think they're out here removing videos because of a link in a description box. I mean, that's so specific. Jake Paul's whole wedding was sponsored by Bilegal Meds. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Milk boys are drinking alcohol, smoking tobacco on their stuff. And they, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not having as many issues as we are, it seems like. And of course, we just can't get answers from them. They, I mean, right now, everything is on hold because all the offices for YouTube are closed due to the virus. We can't say the actual name of the virus in this episode because YouTube could remove it. Yeah, it's getting crazy out there. Yeah, and there's no one reviewing content right now. So if your video's flagged or removed, like that's it. There's no hope the AI yeah. is just gonna completely Yeah. So during this time it. we like can't even say the word. I know it you guys all know what it is. I mean it's the most popular trending word in the world right now, but we're not allowed to say it. Yeah, so hopefully that explains why we weren't just like not uploading no. for some reason. Like this is a great our fault episode ready to go. Yeah. We were, we were so frustrated. And the fact that we couldn't communicate with our YouTube audience directly to tell them that we can't upload was so frustrating. Oh my God. It's maddening. Yeah, honestly. It really is. And it's like, it's, it's just so annoying at this point to not have a contact or someone we can just call. I mean, they can, they barely talk to us. Normally it's like an AI bot thing on Twitter anyways. So. Yeah. And I mean, I even submitted uh, tickets through their customer support and like a human gets back to you, but all they say is refer to the, yeah. this link and it's the mm-hmm. same generic thing. They, they do not give you a timestamp of anything that the reason for why it was removed. It's crazy. So we may never know. I mean, it's possible we may never get the video version of the Brian Bonner interview back on YouTube. We probably, we probably won't be able to. Yeah, probably Knowing not them, unless I upload it to another channel or something. Maybe no, because I've had, a, I've had a video removed on my channel. We've had a podcast removed before. Yep. N- none of them were conspiracy episodes or anything to do with drugs or anything bad. It makes We've no never sense. gotten answers for any of these episodes or things that have been removed from our channels. So it seems I'm sure this really, won't be any different. Yeah, it seems like a mistake. It and does. somebody with the authority to reverse it is just not, it's not mm-hmm. getting to, to them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, sticking at the, the bottom level support at YouTube. And, and they they're not allowed to do. to do anything with that Mm-mm. based on their protocol or whatever. So we're kind of in this shitty position where yeah. we feel kind of hopeless that what will happen in the future. Like, you know, we have one strike and exp- it expires in June. But if we get two more before then, mm-hmm. we get completely terminated off the platform, which is crazy. And it feels scary because we don't even know what we did wrong. So going forward, we don't know what to avoid or, you know, anything could be taken down if a paranormal investigator interview. And I just want to note the fact that Brian Bonner was so, you know, about facts and there's no reason to take down no. his interview. He was very informative and factual. Like it's not like he was spreading misinformation at all or harmful or dangerous content. Yeah, it's just like encouraging the people to thing. do stuff. Not at all. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it's super frustrating. So we have no idea, you know, going forward if we could be impacted by this and I would recommend you guys follow us on social media. We have an Instagram and a Twitter it's linked below because if this type of thing happens in the future, the only way we can communicate with you guys is through that. Right. Yeah. Definitely worth doing for sure. Thank you for being patient with us. 
during this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so when we started looking at news and stories and things happening, obviously there's one thing that's happening. It's this virus, this yes. pandemic that's happening right now. And when I tried to look for other stories, there's really not, a, everything is like uh, at mm-hmm. a standstill as far as projects and discoveries and all those normal things that we talk about. Yeah. Everything is centered around the virus now. It's crazy. It feels almost uncomfortable talking about anything else though. Like I've had difficulty just like filming videos and trying to act normal when this pandemic is going on and everyone is being affected by it. We know so many of our viewers are being drastically affected by this and you know, it's gotten crazy fast. Like we've obviously been talking about the virus for Mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks and at first, we weren't sure how big of a deal it was going to be. People were saying they're, you know, overblowing it. Now it's just, you know, we're really scared of what is going to happen in the future. Yeah. And I mean, we've been like self-quarantining and mm-hmm. isolating ourselves. I mean, we haven't really left the house. I left the house once maybe last week and when I went to, to the, the grocery, grocery store, store and that is an experience in itself, but it's just yeah, like nerve wracking and everything. Yeah. It's super nerve wracking to mm-hmm. even go out right now and, and. Well, you just shouldn't Worry. be unless you have to get exactly. you know, groceries or something like that. Yeah. So um, it's just getting absolutely insane. I mean, the number of cases jumped up uh, a large number in the past week. There was, Did you know that there was 100,000 new cases over three-day period? Yeah. So the spread that. of it is just it's gotten, exponentially right. growing at a high rate of speed. It's like faster and faster as time goes on. Yeah. And one thing that was really weird, too, is we didn't even remember that we had discussed this. But back in September of this year, we did a podcast and one of the new intro topics was about Bill Gates mm-hmm. and how he was saying, predicting that there was going to be a world global health pandemic. Soon. Soon coming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had mentioned on the podcast and we were both like, oh, maybe, yeah, he's probably right. And then look where we are now. I mean, isn't that crazy? Oh, I know. How it. did he know that? that's the thing is it's, I mean, that's something he's been working in that field for a long time. So obviously conspiracy people want to be like, he knew that this virus was coming at the time that it did beforehand. But then other people are like, he's been working on, you know, vaccines and things like that uh, with his foundation for a long time. But what's really interesting is that this week we found out that the first case of someone suffering from the virus can be traced back to November 17th of last year. So, this was around far earlier than any of us even knew about. Yeah, and also in this report, the Chinese authorities had identified at least 266 people had contracted the virus around that time. And they really kept kept it a lid on it for a while mm-hmm. and, and kept it quiet mm-hmm. um, until we started hearing about it this year. But it's this virus has been out there for a lot longer than I think a lot of us even realize. Yeah, some people even think it's possible that it was in the United States as early as December um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that think they had it, that they, I even saw James Charles thinks that he had it back in December. I, mean, I don't know it, if he's right, but yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, there's, and that's where the conspiracies run wild is like this, this could have been, there's this event that happened called military games where it could have been brought over at that point in time. If, if it was some type of bioterrorism thing that was going on with this virus, like if it, the virus was being weaponized, to be used against us by the Chinese. There's a, there's a lot of theories around that. Uh-huh. And obviously there's no sources to really back that up that obviously this happened, but we don't know if the virus came over at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there were cases in China back in November, potentially mm-hmm. people infected with it in December. And then, yeah, what's also interesting is that U S intelligence forces like the CIA were 
informing Trump in January mm-hmm. about this virus and how and, bad it's going to get. It's gonna get. And he was completely downplaying it at first and just being like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And it kind of ended up screwing us over quite a bit mm-hmm. with how fast this thing spread. I don't think anyone was ready for this though across the world. I mean, no, no one saw this coming except for Bill Gates. Apparently what I don't understand is like, why do we not have, I was talking to my dad about this earlier and I was like, why do we not have a system already in place ready to go? And there's a pandemic. And he was like, well, there's never been a pandemic, you know, and well, not, not that there's never been one, but in, you know, the last hundred years, there hasn't been one like this since mm-hmm. what was the, the last one was the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, we did have a, a whole we, response team ready to go, one, but, but then, yeah, he fired them all he fired them. But I just think it's, like, I wonder if we really were prepared for something like this or because you think about it. Right. They said they only have 67,000 ventilators in the entire country. I know that, that was a pretty shocking absurd. number. Mm-hmm. That's it in the entire country. What are we what are we doing? People are having to use scarves for masks and yeah. it's wild. And it seems like if this was any worse, which it could definitely be a lot worse. I mean, we were talking about what if this was something where it was affecting every population strongly everyone was dying of it. It's something that you get it and you die within a couple days or yeah. something like that. Um, or something that affects your heart or your brain e- right. is eaten alive. I mean, there's a lot of scary things out there. It makes you wonder like, would we be ready for anything worse than this? Right. Probably not. Cause we can barely handle a virus like this, a respiratory virus where like weren't ready at all. No, not at all. I mean, especially since it attacks your lungs and gives you pneumonia is is what Mm -hmm. the most reported condition is. And it's a serious type of pneumonia, a new type of pneumonia that is very hard to combat, especially if your immune system is compromised already. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's what's happening right now. There's over 30,000 active cases in the U.S. right now. Again, we have 67,000 ventilators. You know, it's it's not looking good at all. And people are uh, for a while we're thinking that if I'm young, then I'm not at risk and, or not as at much risk as somebody who's elderly mm-hmm. or sick, but that's really not the case. I mean, we saw somebody, I think in their teens that just died mm-hmm. in, in China, an 18 year old died mm-hmm. and there is a, uh, I think 20. So the CDC says there's 38% of hospitalized patients are between the ages of 20 and 54. So it's definitely affecting people younger than we originally thought. Exactly. But it doesn't seem like babies are getting it. Well, actually, no, Josh, you said that there was a baby that was born with it, right? Yeah, there, there's been babies born with the virus, but I don't know. That's if like from their mother, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there it, hasn't been that many children or, you know, really young people. It's really weird. I mean, we don't understand this thing at all. A little bit, but there's a lot we don't understand about it. The number one conspiracy surrounding this virus is the fact that it was bioengineered in a lab in Wuhan and then it was weaponized against people. And this has been going around quite a bit, but new research has just come out this week that has debunked this theory because they have actually traced back the evolution of this virus and compared its structure to other viruses of the same type to show that it's a product of natural evolution. What researchers found is that this virus features a distinct backbone structure that differs massively from the ones found on previously studied viruses and appears to resemble related viruses found in bats and pangolins. And if you were to hypothetically manufacture this virus in the lab, they say it would be an extremely unexpected feature to use because the receptor binding domain of the virus, a kind of lock and key used by the virus to access host cells, 
contains spike proteins that are extremely effective at targeting a receptor on human cells that regulates blood pressure. And according to researchers, its effectiveness strongly suggests it's a result of natural selection and not the product of genetic engineering. So they've kind of back engineered the virus and have come to this conclusion that there's no way that this could be bioengineered and that it is a result of mm-hmm. natural selection and, and mutating because the virus mutates once it jumps from a animal to a human. And the mutation is what is actually the scary part because that is the part that can do all sorts of different things. And in this case, it's causing the really serious pneumonia in humans. Interesting. I'm glad they like cleared that up because there's been so much misinformation going around like crazy. This has brought out tons of just things that have no proof behind them, theories and things that are circulating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we love a good conspiracy theory, obviously, but it's so important during these types of things that we try to stick to the facts as much as possible. Yeah. It can be really hard because you don't always know what's true and what's not true, especially when you look at you know, the sources that are mm-hmm. out there and the media that's out there, it's hard to trust everything the media releases and maybe yes, they're blowing absolutely. things up and making I it think they probably are. a lot, you know, creating that panic for a reason. Maybe mm-hmm. one of the most alarming things with the virus to me is the fact that China also came out and said that they have no reported new cases of people being infected. That's insane. Which I don't is believe that. Really, really hard to believe based on the fact that there's like a billion people in China. Yeah, they're saying that they're like recovering extremely fast. Everything's going back to normal. Yeah. Nothing to be worried about. Yeah. Everything I have trouble is like believing it. it. I want to believe it. But that doesn't make sense to me. No, and meanwhile, Italy, yeah. the number of deaths that they've had has surpassed, surpassed it greatly. Yeah. And I don't believe that. That's how is that possible? Really? And China, where there's so many people, yeah. in one, like in Wuhan alone, there's millions of people. There. Maybe it really did just, maybe that's how this virus works. It just moves through. And- I know. It's interesting. <laughs> I, I actually tweeted about this and I started getting a bunch of replies from people in China. Really? And people in China, I got a mixture of, of different things. Like people that were attacking me saying like, oh yeah, everything's good. Like we're, you know, your government's lying to you about things and mm-hmm. it's essentially your government's fault that you guys mm-hmm. are having such a bad infection and spread and they're not responding it to it correctly. But then I had other people that were like the Chinese government's lying to all of us and lying to the mm-hmm. world. That's still really bad. There's still all sorts of things happening. Yeah, I and don't let's know not, what to think and let's are not so forget on it. Yeah, exactly. And let's not forget that they were silencing people at the beginning too, that were speaking out about yeah. how bad it was. They and, were. Mm-hmm. There's and, been a bunch of sketchy shit like that. And, and yeah, I mean, that's why everybody's minds are like, what's the, what was the real story here with Mm -hmm. China and why were they trying to, you know, hide information and silence people at the beginning, but now they're saying everything's fine and going back to normal. And meanwhile, the rest of the world is literally getting hit with this extremely hard. It's spreading like a wildfire everywhere. Panicking. And yeah, a lot of people think that maybe China did was involved in this in some way to boost their own economy. There's, there's just so many theories out there about why, Mm-hmm. they are starting to recover while the rest of us, the worst is yet to happen to us is what the experts are saying. Yeah. There's a lot of theories I'd say about the economy. I mean, there's so many different things going around right now. It's like hard to yeah. really believe anything because there's so much and there's not enough evidence right now for these. No, things. and nobody is really explaining it from you know, our government or our leaders aren't really explaining why you know why this was so bad it seems like everybody's just kind of trying to cover their own ass and and we're not really getting the full details about things it seems like i don't think anyone has the full details right now this has been such a 
insane thing. Like humanity clearly was not ready for this at all. No, no. And I mean, the biggest problem, especially with Italy is the fact that they have their hospitals are completely filled. They don't have enough equipment. Mm. The fact that nurses and doctors and surgeons are, are putting themselves at risk in order to save lives. Like seriously, all of you out there who are out helping people, putting yourself at risk, doctors, nurses, food workers, people who just work in hospitals. Like it, it is such a crazy time. I can't imagine being out there. I mean, we all are like scared in our houses, like being like, Oh, quarantine. But there's people who are have to be around this type of stuff and are saving lives. And we're just thankful for you guys. You are the real heroes for real. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important for us to stay home. Mm -hmm. And you know, the people are like, we're here at work so you guys can stay home. Mm -hmm. So do that. You know, like we're putting ourselves at risk while you guys just get to be home. So practice social distancing. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that people are starting to kind of get worried about is could the entire country shut down. Like we saw Italy completely shut down because the only thing we can really do at this point in order to stop this virus from continuing to rampage across the planet is stopping the spread. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing we can do. There's no, there's no vaccine. There's no cure for it as of it's right gonna now. It's going to be a long time. Yeah. It's going to be a very long time. I mean, it could go throughout this entire year. Even there could be new yeah. cases that continue to pop up if we can't stop the spread. And that's why, countries and governments are starting to take this so seriously and yeah i'm glad they are and like as of this past tuesday they activated the national guard in 22 states um and people are starting to get a little freaked out because they're seeing you know there's videos online of people seeing like tanks roll in Mm -hmm. and military personnel roll in to big cities Mm -hmm. because they think that trump is planning to put a national shutdown on everything to really like prevent the spread and then there'll be a curfew and all of that and you, you can't leave your house you know be a stay home order except for essential things. I feel like with how fast everything's moving, if that's going to happen, it'll probably happen by the next time we podcast, honestly. Uh, Yeah, definitely. It's going to have to happen soon if they're going to do it. And I think that might be a possibility that they're going (sighs) to issue a stay home order to everybody. So crazy. And it's just such an uncertain time. I mean, I just really, my heart goes out to everyone that's like worried about this right now and just scared. I'm scared. This isn't something that any of us have obviously had to face in our lifetime and our most of our parents haven't either. Um, it's something totally new and it's just really overwhelming because there's no way to compare it to anything else or kind of have an idea of when it's going to end. I think that's what's really giving people anxiety is the uncertainty. Yeah. How is this going to affect our economy? How is this going to affect our daily lives? Mm-hmm. How long is it going to last? Are we going to be in our houses for a year? I've seen some things that say we, it might be a year. Then I've seen some that it's like May, June, maybe July. But no one has any idea. And that's a scary feeling to feel like we aren't getting any answers. And we're all just kind of going day by day. And it's interesting that the whole world is going through this at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, we have there's not many other things where the whole world is being impacted by it at once. Yeah, it's touched every continent except Antarctica at this point. Yeah, like every one of our listeners can probably relate to this and the fear of it or, you know, oh, it being yeah. affected by it in some way. And that's unique. We don't normally have things like this happen. No, or just any sort of event like this mm-hmm. that creates mass panic like this. We haven't experienced this for years now. I no. mean, since 2008 crash to 2001 with 9-11, 
but many of us were really young when all yeah. of that happened. And so. those were American things. This was that wasn't a world thing. It affected the world, yes, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we're all being directly affected by this virus and equally, experiencing the same equally. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really frightening. I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm just hoping that people are starting to really take this seriously and Mm -hmm. that we can all, because it's going to take a collective effort from everybody to stop the spread. Yes. Uh, That's the only thing we do is stop the spread and hopefully they can get a vaccine through trials. I know they're starting to test uh, on humans, I believe. Mm -hmm. So there will, it sounds like there will be a vaccine and they are testing out different medications right now that can help with the virus and the symptoms. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, there's not like anything that's just going to like take it away. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, as far as we know, we just have to try to stay calm. I guess I think remaining calm is the most important thing here. Try to help others, you know, especially if you have elderly neighbors, like now's a great time to check in on them or offer to get them groceries. You know, they're really our biggest concern. Imagine how scared they are. Absolutely. Um, or just anybody with a compromised immune system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My mom, I'm really worried about her. It's just a very unsure times, you know, yeah. it's, it's weird. People don't do well with the unknown. It's scary not having control. And yeah, the fact that it is no one on this planet has control of this thing right now is terrifying. And I think mm-hmm. all of the pe- the fact that it happened so fast, like you were talking yes. about last week, we we're like, oh, you know, the past few weeks have been like, it's gotten a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And now this week, it's like, really shouldn't leave your house. What's next week going to be? And I think humans hate the unknown as uh-huh. it is and hate being out of control. Yes. And then you throw something in that happens so rapidly. There's no way to prepare. There's no way to educate yourself. It's just sheer panic. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you turn on the TV and it's like you hear 50 different things at once and you don't know yeah. what to believe yeah. doesn't yeah, make exactly. it any better. Right. That is such a big point that everyone has a different take on it and has different information right? and it can get overwhelming. So totally. it's, it's important to kind of limit yourself on that. Don't sit there for hours watching the news right now because it's not going to help the situation any like check in, get the information you need and then, you know, do something to get your mind off right. of it. Go outside. You can go outside as long as you're not, you know, hanging out with a group of people, but get out and take a walk and try to get your mind off this. Cause yeah, I know it's been really hard on people's mental health. Absolutely. And you got to remember that the media capitalizes on events like this because they do. it gives them an opportunity to oh, rake in the views, man. Right. Push all this stuff out. And, and who's got the most shocking article? Yep. Cause that's going to ultimately get them the most viewers mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's what we're seeing is we're seeing mm-hmm. all of these news outlets that are interviewing these experts or whatever. And all these experts have all these crazy predictions and crazy things that they're saying, you know, like this could be the next great depression to Mm -hmm. over a million people could die from this virus. I mean, it's really, those are all unknowns and sorry, (laughs) but those are all unknowns and kind of the extreme, Yeah, you know, worst worst case case scenario, scenario, which is possible. And I think it's important to know what could happen so that people take it seriously. But yeah, there's a lot of fear, you know, people pushing a lot of fear on people right now Mm -hmm. through the media. Mm -hmm. And they're just, you know, taking advantage of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's become a giant show on the mainstream. Yeah, it really has. I mean, it's the 24 hour news uh, topic that they've got going on. Yep. They always got something. But I mean, the next two weeks are going to be really telling to see how, how much this spreads and Uh how, and the number of cases that uh, the U S and the rest of the world for that matter ends up with. Well, that's because, you know, it takes a couple weeks to see the symptoms. So we it's, always are going to know where we're at currently a few weeks after we leave that point. You yeah. Know I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't show any symptoms when they're te- yeah. after they're tested at all. Right. Um, it's, we're still trying to figure out what's that incubation period mm-hmm. 
for how long can you carry the virus before you show any sort of symptoms at all? And mm-hmm. we're still not totally set on what that number is. I mean, some like five days. I mean, it's almost like a week. It seems like on average that experts are saying it, it could be before you start actually seeing symptoms, but you can carry it and you can infect others. Mm-hmm. And that's the most dangerous part about this is that you can be totally fine, feel fine, think you're good to go. And you know, if you're going out to public places or being around other, Mm -hmm. other people, you could be just spreading the virus everywhere without even knowing it at all. Exactly. And you could put someone who's at risk. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to stay home. And that's why they might, you know, enact some sort of national shutdown to keep everybody home so that, because people are still having to go to the office. I mean, I can't believe these businesses that are not allowing their workers to work from home, especially in tech companies. Yeah. If you can, so terrible. Absolutely ridiculous. It pisses me off because my brother for one is still forced to drive into the office because his boss who is 57 years old and at, at major risk with this is saying that my brother who's 24 shouldn't be worried about it because he's still coming into the office and he's at more risk. That's what he literally told him. Yeah. And his brother has asthma. Yeah. And it's just like his job can be done completely online. He's worked from home plenty of times. Which is so stupid. And they even said that they're waiting until someone in the office gets it. Yeah. That's literally what he told my brother. He's like, until somebody in the office gets the virus, everybody's going to keep coming in. So many of you are dealing with that shit right now. And it's like scary because what are you going to do? They could, what, what, maybe they'll fire you. I mean, it's scary times. Like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely scary times and we're in an at will fire at will state. So you Mm -hmm. can be fired for any reason whatsoever. Right. It's really scary. And and I hope that as this evolves more that people start to realize that it's not worth putting, especially your employees at risk Mm. um, and forcing them to drive into the office and be in a big old building. Totally. Yeah. And I'm sure there's more out there. And, also, I just wanted to say for those of you that have lost your jobs, like uh, I feel horrible for you guys. Like this is, it's such a terrible mm-hmm. time. Or if you just can't work, you know, your mm-hmm. job is something you're only going to get paid if you're there working and they're not taking care of you outside of that. I mean, that's, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the biggest fears is the economy part of mm-hmm. it too, is that this could really mess up the economy. It already yeah. has and, and the market and everything. And yeah, I mean, that's one of the scariest parts about it is, mm-hmm you know, people losing their jobs and companies having to shut down and everything. This so. is why the government needs to give people money during this time. 100%. Yeah. It looks like that's going to happen though. Yeah. Let's hope so. But yeah, that, that kind of wraps up our update for this week. I'm sure we'll have more next week. Do virus updates. Yes. Maybe we'll just call it the, the C virus. The C virus. <laughs> God, it's so crazy. We can't even say the name of it. Yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> Such a huge thing happening in the world. They're going to block people from talking about it censorship at its finest absolutely well let's go ahead and get into this case of richard patron and daniel Imbo. it's super interesting but before we do we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today if you own a car or a house you know shopping for insurance is a mind-numbing soul-sucking process that can take forever but you need to have insurance stop overpaying for it and you can get a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have with the help from Gobby. Gobby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account and in about two minutes you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. That's what I did. It literally took two minutes, just typed in my credentials for Allstate Insurance. Two minutes later, it came back and it told me that I had the best 
rates for my insurance already and that there was no other competing offers out there that would save me any money. And the cool thing about Gabi is that even though they weren't able to save me money right now is that they'll continue to monitor the other insurance companies to see if the rates lower at some point in the future. Take two minutes right now to see how much you can save on your car and homeowner's insurance. Go to gabi.com slash higher. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash higher. Gabby dot com slash higher. So if you guys have been listening to us for a while, you know that we really don't like traditional cleaning products. They're packaged in plastic bottles, which is horrible for the environment. So that's why we love Clean Cult. Clean Cult makes natural cleaners that actually clean with ingredients you can actually understand and packaging that is landfill free. Instead of wondering what's in your cleaning products, with Clean Cult, your kids and pets are safe with non-toxic coconut-based formulas. Clean Cult is just as effective as the leading brands of detergent, so you can get that same level of clean without any of those chemicals. Go to cleancult.com and get a customized starter kit and an adjustable paper-based refill delivery service. You can now finally break up with plastic because Clean Cult is the only company to put soap in milk cartons. And then they have these sleek, shatter-resistant evergreen glass bottles that reduce plastic waste that you just refill and they send you the refills in the mail. And their sustainable shipping system allows them to be carbon neutral. So get started with Clean Cult right now. Go to cleancult.com slash milehigher for 25% off your first kit, but only until May 13th. That's 25% off now through May 13th at cleancult.com slash mile higher cleancult.com slash mile higher the world has changed right before us but as always kids still need structure and social connection and to make the most of their time with id tech your kids learn new tech skills right from home and have a blast doing it id tech is offering a great deal when you sign up for a private online lesson you can bring a sibling or a friend for free id tech is the world's best known technology program for students ages 7 to 19 over 50,000 students enroll each year their instructors are tech rock stars and will help your child develop skills in coding AI, game design, and 3D modeling using tools they love like Minecraft and Roblox. ID Tech is one of those programs that I'd love to put my kids in one day because I believe tech is a huge part of our future. I find it very cool that there's programs out there like this that allow kids to get introduced to game design and coding from a very young age, and there's a huge need for that in the world. ID Tech is a family company, and they know we're all in this together, so go to idtech.com slash milehire. You can save $125 on virtual tech camps this spring, and your child can start learning online from a live instructor right now. That's idtech.com slash milehire to save $125. And remember, if you sign up for one of their online private lessons, you can bring a sibling or friend for free. idtech.com slash milehire. So before we get into the case, I just wanted to kind of explain the background on these two and kind of how they came together on the night of February 19th, 2005, and went missing from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Richard and Danielle actually knew each other since they were 15 years old and had kind of dated on and off for many years, but were only friends at the time of their disappearance, according to family members, but they had just come out of dating and we'll explain more about that. Right. And they both have children from other relationships. Um, Danielle's son was only one and a half at the time that she went missing and And Richard's daughter, Angela, was only 14 at the time that he had gone missing. And it was extremely upsetting for her. She was really close with her dad. At times in her life, he raised her solely. 
She spent a lot of time working with Richard at the family's bakery, which was called Viking Pastries. And he was actually only in high school when he mastered the art of making wedding cakes. Richard never married his daughter, Angela's mother. He actually raised her primarily by himself in an apartment in the actual bakery. He was a really caring father who took the time to learn how to dress a young girl properly and even do her hair. He was very involved in her life. Loved music like that. His passion Mm -hmm. outside of baking was music. He'd love to go to concerts and he never missed a Bruce Springsteen show. He loved Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. He always wanted to take Angela to one of the concerts. He was a very chill dude. He dressed pretty casually and he enjoyed drinking Crown Royal straight. And he never missed that Sunday dinner. Yeah. With his parents. Italians, man. Mm -hmm. His favorite meal is chicken cutlets. And he... And his mom always made him some extra to take home. (laughs) (laughs) That's an Italian mother for you, for sure. 100%. And then there was Danielle, who worked from home from a mortgage company, but her real passion was singing in a cover band. So they really connected over music. Music was a huge thing for them. The band that she was in was called The Schoolboys. And she got this passion for music and singing from her father, John Atabre, who was well known in the Philadelphia area for being a doo-wop singer in his group. The Four Dates, which was quite popular in the 1950s. And someone even likened Danielle's raspy voice to the iconic Janis Joplin. Yeah, she definitely had a Janis Joplin mm-hmm. kind of feel to her singing. Some say when she'd play the song Me and Bobby McGee, she would entrance the entire crowd with her Janis Joplin wail. She also enjoyed murder mystery books as well, reading up to three books mm-hmm. a week. And she was obsessed with her favorite pair of PJs that were baby blue and covered with penguins. She wasn't really a big drinker, but she smoked a pack of Marlboro Lights uh, a day. Mm-hmm. So she was a chain smoker. and Especially at the time because she was really stressed out. She, yeah, she was really stressed out because she was married to a man named Joe mm-hmm. Imbo. And Joe, they had a, a good re- relationship at first, but mm-hmm. over time it, it ended Soured. up being uh, yeah really bad after they had their child together. Yeah. They were fighting all the time, so they finally decided to get a divorce. Yeah, because Joe was not happy that she would uh, sing in the clubs and things Mm -hmm. like that. He really wasn't a fan of that. And he told her to quit the band that she was in. Yeah, he did. That's so awful. Like Like quit your passion. Yeah, he was like, you won't have enough time for like me and our son. Mm -hmm. It's so ridiculous. You don't have time for any hobbies or dreams. Clearly, he was one of those people that like wanted her to be home with her kids and stuff and, and really have no life outside of her work. Yeah. So eventually they did get divorced and the divorce process was just really difficult on her. She, that's when she really started smoking a ton and she was really stressed out. And that's when she started kind of seeing Richard Mm -hmm. during this time. And, you know, they had seen each other before they'd been dating on and off, but now they were kind of coming back together. Yeah. So they were kind of dating on and off up until her divorce was becoming finalized. And she really just wanted to focus on that, get her life back together, get organized and focus on her son. So she told Richard that she just wanted some space and he understood that. And they took some space. Yeah. And then it was five weeks later that Richard called Danielle up and said, Hey, do you want to come out with uh, me and Anthony Valentino and his wife um, to go see some live music and have some drinks and just kind of reconnect? And of course she said yes, because she loves live music and, you know, she was thinking it was about time to maybe start getting back into life now that the divorce was finalized. Right, exactly. So Richard picked her up at her condo in New Jersey and then they drove across the border to Philadelphia to Abilene's restaurant and Roadhouse Blues Bar. According to Anthony, the couple seemed to be kind of reconnecting and having a good time, laughing, Mm -hmm. 
and overall just enjoying themselves. They were even seen kissing each other. Mm -hmm. He had his arm around her. They seemed like they were having a good night. Nothing out of the ordinary either. A completely normal night. They said that they were talking about like what they were going to do the next day. Mm -hmm. And like Danielle says, she had an 11 a.m. hair appointment with Richard's sister actually. Yeah. uh, Who was her good friend. And then Danielle's ex-husband, Joe, was supposed to be dropping off their son at her condo after that. And then Richard was talking about how he was planning to watch the uh, NASCAR Daytona 500 race the next day. Yeah, he was going to have a couple friends over Mm -hmm. and just kind of kick back. So they both had plans for the next day, and they were discussing them that night. So they had no plans of disappearing. No, there would be nothing to suggest that there would be anything like that that would happen. Mm -hmm. In fact, Anthony was quoted as saying, it was a normal kind of night. We were sitting by the bar, and when they left, we just hugged and said goodbye. And that was the last time that I saw them. That's so weird. But before they left, one of their friends had actually asked them if they wanted to go to another bar and see a different band because they were wrapping up at the bar that they were at. But Danielle and Richard both had early mornings. So they decided it was best if they just went back to Danielle's place where Richard would stay the night. Right. So they were last seen leaving Abilene's restaurant and Roadhouse Blues Bar around 11.45 p.m. in the 400 block of South Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And as far as we know, they were headed towards Richard's 2001 black and silver Dodge Dakota truck. Which Big was a re- truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent sized truck for sure. Mm-hmm. And it was reportedly parked pretty close to the establishment that they were at, according to Richard's friend. And he recalls Richard actually making a joke about how they were lucky to have found parking spot so close to the venue, uh, mm-hmm. even with the cold weather that was uh, happening that night. It was 27 degrees, so it was pretty chilly out. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they had that much time between the bar and getting to their car to have something that happened, you know? So chances are they probably made it back to the car. Exactly. So literally this is the last time they are seen or heard of is them leaving for their car or for Richard's truck. And they essentially just vanished without a trace from there. So the next morning, Danielle's brother stopped by her condo in order to help fix a curtain rod that her son had previously torn down. So he had keys to he had keys to her condo. So he just let himself in, did the repair work, and then locked back up before leaving. And he reports that the condo was quite clean and seemed undisturbed, nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. So she obviously hadn't been there at all, or never went there from the previous night. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember, Danielle had that 11 a.m. hair appointment, so that's the first place someone is expecting to see her. And mm-hmm. she actually had a reputation for being a really punctual person. Normally showed up on time. So when Danielle didn't show up for her appointment or answer any phone calls, Christine knew that something had to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Richard's mother, Marge, was trying to call her son, but the, but all her calls were going straight to voicemail. And she thought, you know, at first that maybe he had just had a late night. She knew he was going to be watching the Daytona the next day. She thought maybe he was with his friends. So she didn't freak out right away. Yeah, and they had been drinking the night before. So maybe they just were, you know, sleeping in or whatever and just kind of forgot about the the activities that they had planned the next day. Exactly. But she did think it was kind of odd because he never shut his phone off. Like, you know, she was very close with his mother, very close. It was odd for him to not answer her calls. And it wasn't long before she started to just have a really bad feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And then Christine is calling Marge, telling her that you can't, she can't get a hold of Danielle. And that's when the both of them start to get really concerned because they knew they were together that night, you know, and you can't get a hold of either one. So what's going on? Mm -hmm. So it was around this time that they were both reported missing to the police by family. 
And then they really knew something was seriously wrong because Danielle did not show up to retrieve her son from her husband, Joe, or ex-husband, um, at their scheduled time. And she would never bail on her son. She was always there for him, loves her son more than anything in the world. So when that happened, they were like, something is really, really wrong here. She would not disappear like this right? on purpose. Right. So after they report the couple missing, obviously the police are involved at this point and start investigating. They put out an APB for Richard's truck because nobody knows. That's the thing too, is like, we got to find Richard's truck because mm-hmm. that will give us some clue as to where they are or where they ended up. So the family, Daniel's brother and others are starting to go drive around Philadelphia to try to look for Richard's truck. And meanwhile, police are are starting their investigation as well. They're starting to look into both of them, their backgrounds. They're starting to look into their financial records and their phone records. And they had to get the FBI involved in order to do that. And what they found is that there is zero activity whatsoever. Like Richard mm-hmm. was a cash guy, so he didn't have like credit cards and things like that. Mm-hmm. But Danielle did. And there was absolutely no activity in the bank or the credit card statements or anything like that. So, and oftentimes if somebody are maybe going to disappear together or run away together, they're going to need to use money or credit cards in order to do so. So sometimes you can find activity there that might lead you to where they went off to. Definitely. Because this is, I think a lot of people when they first hear the first couple details of this case or the general, you know, story without knowing a lot of the details behind it. People, I think it, you definitely think, you know, maybe they disappeared together. Maybe they ran away together. Maybe this is some romantic thing and they're starting some new life. But when you start to hear everything about these people, you just realize they don't fit that at all. There's no way they left by choice. They would never leave their children. Richard was a very, gentle loving man he wasn't a predator he didn't do anything to her to take her so it's like how did they both go missing they didn't clearly didn't just leave right well i mean you'd be able to track them down some way right i mean the fact that the cell phones had no activity whatsoever is a huge thing so the phones both of the phones are off not reporting any data whatsoever so so that makes you think whatever happened happened very quickly after they left this bar yeah, and what's absolutely insane is that they were on this somewhat busy street with these venues. Yes, and of it course, was busy that night. No security cameras caught them on uh, their footage at all. Of course. Or the truck, for that matter. They weren't able to find any, the police weren't able to find any footage of the truck leaving the area or even going over the bridges. So they, in order to get back to Danielle's place, they have to cross over a, a number mm-hmm. of different bridges over the Delaware River, which separates New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And they have... Uh, tolls on some of those and unfortunately the only cameras that are there are for entering into pennsylvania and they were leaving pennsylvania so when police went to the cameras obviously there's no footage whatsoever there of them leaving so they can't even confirm like what direction they went in no not at all they have no idea which way they went Mm -hmm. for all we know they could have went the complete opposite way or somebody took them the complete opposite way But what's so weird is the fact that the truck is seemingly disappeared as well. Right. And it's, at first, the family is starting to think maybe they got in an accident. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe they're be, stuck somewhere, especially in the river. You know, people do crash into dip rivers at night. They had been drinking that night. We don't know how much because we can't test their blood alcohol or anything. But right. did they crash somewhere? Mm-hmm. So that's what the family thought at first. Yeah. It seems like that was the most likely situation was that they went off the road somewhere or maybe mm-hmm. off of the bridge. Yep. 
into the river and that's why they can't find the truck. So they actually went up in a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, you know, her brother, uh, who's really spearheaded this whole investigation mm-hmm. and looked over the river just to see if they could, you know, see a truck or see an accident or anything and nothing. This truck vanished. This huge truck and two grown adults literally vanished. Vanished without a trace within a pretty short period of time, it seemed. Mm-hmm. And there's no clues to where they went. Because from from the actual place that they last left that night to Danielle's condo in Mount Laurel, it's approximately 17 miles, which would be about 30 minutes by, by car. But the Delaware River divides Philadelphia, New Jersey, like I said, and they would have had to cross either the Ben Franklin Bridge or the Walt Whitman Bridge in order to get to Danielle's condo in New Jersey, mm-hmm. if that's in fact where they were headed, which... I think based upon the conversations that before they left that night was that Richard was going to drive Danielle home. Mm -hmm. And so, well, he was going to stay there. Yeah. And that's the way they would have gone. Mm -hmm. And there's no evidence whatsoever that they ever went over either of those bridges at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the whole family's completely baffled by this and Richard's father's quoted as saying that we don't understand how this could happen on South street where there are hundreds of people Mm -hmm. and no one saw anything. I know that's what's crazy too is like at what point did something happen to them that was uh, malicious or sinister and nobody saw I mean if they were parked that close like wouldn't you think somebody would have been right there at the car with them in order to abduct them in their own vehicle maybe it was one of those situations you know you see in movies where people are like already in your vehicle with a gun waiting for you and force you to go somewhere they could have gotten the car and been at gunpoint and and just followed directions Mm mm-hmm that's very true. That's terrifying. That's like one of my worst fears oh, is like getting in a car terrifying. and then all of a sudden you feel a gun being pressed to your head. And Especially when you just got you. out of a loud bar and you're all, you've been drinking and mm-hmm. having this great time. You're not prepared for something like that at all. I can't imagine how scary. I mean, we don't know that's what happened, but mm-hmm. it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of theories with this case because there's, you know, no answers. Yeah. And it's just wild to think that nobody saw anything. Like there's mm-hmm. zero evidence whatsoever as far as those last moments of them being seen together. I feel like if something had happened to them as they were walking to their car, like the family said, someone on South street would have seen something. I think something happened on the way home or as soon as they got into the car. Right. That's, that's what it seems like. It's hard to believe the accident theory too, because they're both really familiar with the area. Like why, why would they have gotten lost? Cause like one of the things that the family thought at first was maybe they just kind of like took a wrong turn or something and ended up in the river. And if they had been drinking that maybe mm-hmm. something like that had happened, but, but they would have found them by now. Yeah. They would have found the truck by now. And they went and retraced all of those, yes. all those routes went down every street. It's it seems been like. searched extensively that whole area. If there was an accident with that truck, they would have found it by now. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, they've done so much searching. So either the truck is long gone and has somehow left the area or it was stolen, taken apart, you know, mm-hmm. broken down and sold different mm-hmm. parts illegally. Right. Because that car, that truck is missing. Right. And the police did say that there, there is a, a ring of, of yes. individuals that go and steal cars uh-huh. and then in uh, put them in chop shops and, yep. and sell parts on the black market and things like that. So it's a very real possibility that that could have happened. But then mm-hmm. what about them? Mm-hmm. You know, like if somebody was just trying to steal their vehicle, why would they also commit murder in the process for two people or know, took like, them or took them? Yeah. 
why? Why would you? Most car thieves aren't that risky. Like they're not going to go that far. Maybe. I mean, I guess this is Philadelphia. I mean, who knows? But yeah, I mean, it does. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would you pick their car? Or why wouldn't you just steal it while they're in the the bar? You know, or a parked car yeah, or something. Yeah, like or just, just break in and take the yeah, car if that's having, why you're right taking their car. Yeah, it's like I don't feel like the car was the motive. Yeah, or the target at all. Because yeah, just murdering two people to get to steal a car over a Dodge makes Dakota. No sense. Like, it's yeah. just a Mm-mm. basic pickup truck. Mm-mm. The family really did an exhaustive search and they put up flyers. They went around mm-hmm. and put up flyers everywhere both talking families. to people. Yeah. yeah. Both families were heavily involved and in working together at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were really working together at first publicly and privately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from all of the things that they did in their searches, it's just absolutely insane that nothing, nothing came up. Yeah. Nothing came of it virtually disappeared without a trace. And eventually they got so desperate that they ended up contacting some psychics to see if they could, come up with give, anything give them something i mean there has been cases where psychics have i guess i don't know if they've solved them but at least helped people go in the right direction but more often than not it's like totally like misleading it really pans out yeah yeah and that's kind of what happened with them so daniel's brother uh john contacted a psychic and they said that your sister is being held in a box car of a train in philadelphia and you have to act now or your sister will be gone forever and this was six weeks after they were missing so disgusting if that psychic just made that up though like yeah. how could you sleep if you were just telling a family some bullshit story and probably charging actually them for to that them? too oh yeah 100 percent charging them so yeah john was like okay well we gotta check out every yeah every lead we can get and well he was just he was so close with danielle and mm-hmm. was just heartbroken over this and had that you know fire in him to solve this so he actually went out yeah. In looking for train cars himself. Went to the location yes. that they specified. Like at night. Too. Yeah, at like midnight. Mm-hmm. And while he was on his way, he called the detective on the case and said, hey, like this is yeah. what they said. I'm going to go check I'm it out. It. You're either with me or you're not. Uh-huh. And obviously police never advise you to go investigate leads on yeah. your own because that's a huge safety risk there. I mean, you don't know what you're walking into. For all we know, this could be a setup or something or mm-hmm. or a potentially dangerous situation. But that did not stop him whatsoever. And he went to this like train graveyard per se. It's like a bunch of box cars and, mm-hmm. and train components just sitting, there. sitting there and searched through all of these box cars and opened them up and thinking that maybe I'm going to find my, my sister mm-hmm. probably deceased at this point in one of these box cars and still nothing, nothing came out of it. Yeah. It's probably just made up by the psychic. So after this incident, he stopped taking advice from psychics, which was good. Yeah, and I, and I think they started just coming to the conclusion that they're probably not going to find them alive at this point either. Yeah. I mean, it's been weeks They were definitely weeks. losing hope mm-hmm. at that point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, both of them reported like feeling it in their gut, like something mm-hmm. was really wrong. I mean, if we... Especially have, Richard's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said she just them. felt like her, her son had already passed on, she said specifically. Mm-hmm. She just had a sense that they were no longer with them. Mm-hmm. And they prepared Richard's daughter, Angela, that... Her dad may never come home. We'll probably not come home. Yeah. So the Philadelphia, New Jersey police eventually partnered in their efforts to locate Richard and Danielle and launched an extensive investigation, interviewing friends, family, and neighbors, checking the bank records, searching the banks of the Delaware River, and like you said, took a helicopter out even and searched all up and down the river for anything that looked like it could be something. And what they would do is they would 
mark on a map, you know, where all these different points where there might be something and they would go back on foot and mm-hmm. investigate all of these things and literally nothing turned Never up whatsoever. Anything. And for a while, the police were saying that since they haven't found anything to indicate foul play, all of our options remain open and they have several areas that we're pursuing, but we're not close to reaching any conclusion. So they were keeping every possibility open at that point because there is no evidence to suggest that it was foul play other than the fact that they disappeared without a trace, which obviously mm-hmm. tends to point more towards foul play. Right. But they weren't ready to say it was for sure foul play or not. Now, police started thinking that this could have possibly been a professional hit job pretty early on. And an officer was even reported telling Danielle's brother, John, that no one is ever going to find anything. And when John asked why, he said, because it's too clean. Well, I think from a law enforcement perspective, based upon the fact they haven't found any evidence whatsoever, like no leads yeah. in a case like that, it really yeah. only points in one direction. Like right. People don't just a couple and a truck don't just completely disappear off the face of the planet right. like that with yeah, no it's trace. It's not like it's a kid who ran away from home or yeah. someone was picked up off the street and it's one person with two people. It's just such a unique situation right. for two adults to disappear like that. And it does seem like it's a professional job. Like how else was this? Like who could have well, done it? Was it alien abduction or something? Like, jeez, uh, I know that's a possibility. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. But in a lot of cases, like in alien abduction stories, people come back afterwards. That's true. That's true. And these guys have not come back. Yeah. I know. It's silly to even probably entertain that. But it is kind of, it's just like, it almost feels like something just abducted them like that. Because it's so bizarre that they're not seen on any cameras in this whole area. What the hell? You would have found something. Something. I feel like even a car part from their car should have turned up by now something nothing nothing at all and the fbi is involved at this point mm-hmm. and they they really were the ones that really kind of blasted it to the public and and yeah you know put a reward money up and really tried to get some because usually when you can put up on billboards and things like that and you got tip lines and, and everything else, going. you start getting something. Yeah. Oh, I saw them out or I saw them walking to their car or something. Yeah. Well, getting that initial lead from the public is so important and they really couldn't get anything. And the reason that the FBI even got involved was because this looked like a professional hit job. Yeah. You know, they're concerned for other citizens if this was something that was orchestrated by a professional group of people or person. Which that that fact in itself is honestly terrifying to yeah. think that there really are professional hitmen and or mafia people out there that have this ability to make people disappear. Oh yeah. It's really scary to think about. It is. And the police know that they're really good at it. Yeah. The special agent in charge with the FBI actually stated it, it is unlikely based on law enforcement experience that this was a simple crime of opportunity. No, definitely not. It mm. seems like something that had to be pre-planned and that's what gets me this plan for them to go to this bar was a last minute thing. He like called her up and was like, Hey, you want to go out tonight? And she agreed. It's not like she had plans to be here. It's not like she was performing there. So if someone was planning a professional hit job on them, it's not like they could plan that far in advance or be like, Oh, they're going to be here this night at this time. And so it almost makes you feel like it had to have been something kind of last minute or a crime of opportunity. But then it's like, it doesn't make sense. Cause if there was a, if it was just a crime of opportunity, there'd be some fuck up. There would be we would have seen them. There'd be something, right? 
Like someone just stumbled upon them and decided to do this and pulled this off. No, there's no way. There's no way. But at the same time, no one could have planned for them both to be there that night. Unless they were being followed way earlier than that. That's true. Or they were following just Richard. Maybe it was someone that was following just Richard and she just was like a casualty. Yeah, right. Exactly. She just happened to be the innocent one in this, but maybe he was planning to go to this for a while. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really wild. So the agent also said it also seems unlikely, although not impossible, that one person acting alone could pull this off so successfully. So insinuating that this could have been more than one person because it's, I I mean, it's hard to abduct two people together. I mean, unless like you said, I think your whole theory of somebody being in the vehicle potentially and then forcing them to drive to a location probably Mm -hmm. makes the most sense if this is what happened. I think so too, because we probably, like you said, would have seen them on some type of camera if they had taken the route home. Like if they immediately left the destination and started going home, we probably would have seen them on some type of camera because we know relatively what route or two they would have taken. Like they kind of know how they would have tried to get home. But if someone just told them to drive somewhere random and police don't even know what cameras to search or it could have been a completely different direction. Yeah. You know, maybe they didn't even remotely go near that, the river. We have right. no idea where they went from the moment they left the parking lot. Right. Yeah. And on that note, the only real glimmer of hope that as far as figuring out what happened to them that the family got was when the authorities got a report of an area where the gate to the river was broken and mm-hmm. it looked like somebody had crashed into or drove into the river. Yeah. And what's interesting is that they actually sent divers into the river and they did find a black Dodge Dakota truck. I know. Isn't that so that, weird? That's what's so weird. And and really the coin, is that just a coincidence or. So they found the truck. The family thought, okay, this is for sure. This right. is their they're truck. Find this them. is it. Mm-hmm. And no, they're not in it. And it wasn't, it wasn't their the truck. truck. What are the chances? Though? They just found the same exact car, same color. I know it's so bizarre. Didn't have the plates. I think the VIN wasn't even uh, the no. same VIN. So no, it and was they, the family not like it. looked in the car too. It was like, this is not his fucking car. It makes no sense. That's wild. What are the chances of that? That's so wild. So obviously because there is so little evidence in this case, there are a ton of theories, which some we've already started discussing that a Brown, what could have happened to these guys? So before we get into some of the theories, we'd like to uh, thank our last sponsors for today. Sleep is something that is essential to all of our lives and getting a good night's sleep is even more important. So if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds and wheelchairs. The purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not like the memory foam we're all used to using. The purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus it's breathable so it sleeps cool. What's also great about Purple is they offer a 100-night risk-free trial, so if you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty. There's free shipping and returns. You're going to love Purple, and right now, our listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text Mile Higher to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text Mile Higher to 84888. That's M-I-L-E-H-I-G-H-E-R to 84888. 
So I have just discovered my new favorite subscription box and I wanna tell you guys about it. Causebox is a quarterly subscription box that's curated by women for women. And it's filled with all sorts of amazing products from brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world a better place. Every Causebox is limited edition and comes with six to eight full-size products. You can get everything from jewelry to skincare to homewares and accessories. You get over $250 worth of product for only 50 bucks. I got my own sample box and here are just a few of my favorite things that were in it. I love that they sent a bento box, a reusable bento box with a full fork, spoon, and knife set, a jade stone roller for your face, which is awesome for lymphatic drainage, and something from Pure Cosmetics, a four-in-one correcting primer, and I really, really love that brand. Very high-end and also a good brand to support. And of course, we got our listeners an exclusive discount. Just go to causebox.com slash milehigherpodcast and use the code milehigherpodcast to get your first box for 30% off, as in you can get your first box worth over $250 for less than $39. So go check out Causebox right now. I can tell you firsthand you're going to love it. Okay, so let's get into some of the theories about what could have possibly happened to Danielle and Richard. So the first and probably strongest theory is about Joe Imbo, Danielle's ex-husband. Yeah, because at the time of their disappearance, Joe was actually still trying to get another chance with Danielle. Mm -hmm. So obviously he didn't like the fact that she was starting to see Richard again and spending this time with him. Right. Daniel had actually told Richard that Joe had gotten so angry one time about it that he threw their son's high chair against the wall. So he had a major jealousy problem. So that definitely makes you think maybe something could have, you know, he could have snapped and done something to him. Yeah. But it's like, why would he want to hurt Danielle as well, especially if he was still trying to have a chance with her? Yeah, exactly. Like, why would he take it to the extreme and you know do something to the both of them? Mm -hmm. But there is definitely some sp suspicious things with him because he he knew different things like the password for Danielle's voicemail and would like access her voicemail to like snoop in on her. Yeah. He could be very controlling doing. and mm -hmm. sketchy like that. Yeah. And Danielle actually changed all the, all of, and Danielle actually changed all the locks on her doors because she's, de I think there is definitely some level of discomfort or, or caution when it comes yes. to Joe. Like yep. she definitely was, he had a temper. Mm -hmm. She was afraid of him a little bit. Yeah, and Richard's father actually reported that Joe made several threatening phone calls to Richard prior to the disappearance. He said, I got like 25 or 30 phone calls from this kid. I said, what did he want? He kept telling me, stay away from her, leave her alone. He's her husband. So definitely jealous and yep. clearly wanted to maybe try to keep it working. I mean, this is like the typical thing with uh, couples, and especially when police are investigating disappearances of, mm -hmm. of couples and they go immediately and look at their ex-husband or ex-girlfriend yeah. or whatever it may be. It happens often, you know, in these cases. Sometimes people even joke about how it normally is the husband or the, you know. Exactly. That's normally the first person they look at, the police. And that's what they did. Mm -hmm. But the problem was is that it appeared that Joe had a pretty solid alibi for the night that Richard and Danielle went missing. Right. So Joe he couldn't have actually physically done it himself. Right. Because they verified that he was at a child's birthday party 50 miles away. And he was definitely there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was corroborated by uh, his stepfather, actually, who happens to be a former NYPD officer, as well as several other active duty officers that were at the party as well. But the family has been kind of like, mm, about this, because they 
thought maybe this could be a cover up. Maybe the police are protecting him. I mean, these are just theories. Again, we have no idea, but it is a little weird that it was a former officer that was with him. Right. Um, but yeah, there were several officers that were at the party. So it seems like he was definitely there, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean he could have, but that doesn't mean he couldn't have organized something or had help, you know, hired a third party to do this. Exactly. And And then obviously you'd want to make yourself far away from the scene if that were the case right? and give yourself a solid alibi. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and then that's where this really leads to is the murder for hire theory. Yes. But in, but before we talk about that, it's also important to note that the police did give him a polygraph test Mm -hmm. and the test results were inconclusive. So there wasn't really anything that indicated that he was being deceptive because they asked Joe point blank, like, were you involved with the disappearance of Danielle and Richard. And as far as we know, based on what the FBI special agent said was that there was no, nothing that would indicate that he was being deceptive about what had happened or his involvement in it. Mm. And according to Joe, he said that an FBI agent Vito Rosselli actually told him, you know, I don't think you did this, but I do think you're involved in some way. Well, somebody has to be involved and somebody has to be involved that knows Richard and Danielle mm-hmm. because the police did a huge deep dive into Richard's background because the Danielle's family was starting to think that maybe they didn't know Richard that well, that maybe mm-hmm. he was involved with something, a gambling debt or right. just he owed somebody money or maybe was involved in some type of mafia situation or something Mm -hmm. and they found no evidence evidence of that at all so it does make you start to really look at well who around them could have a motive for doing something to them and that's Mm -hmm. why they were looking so heavy at joe Mm -hmm. but joe is not a suspect no i assume he's probably still a person of interest i'm sure they still kind of keep it keep tabs on him Uh to some degree because he is probably one of the only people that they really know for a sure fact might have the capability to be involved in something like this and may have the motive to actually have done something. Exactly. Yeah. Motive is key, but the FBI has also speculated that Richard and Daniel may have been targets of a professional hitman, obviously due to the lack of evidence and their abduction or whatever being seemingly clean. There's no evidence left behind. FBI agent Christian uh, Zajak has stated in 2015, this didn't just happen. We feel this was an orchestrated act, a 3000 pound truck and two people do not simply go missing. Absolutely not. doesn't make any sense. No. Making two people in a truck disappear with no witnesses and no evidence of any kind for nine years. suggests a lot of planning involved with that. Yeah, Definitely. It's it's just not possible any other way. I think multiple people had to have been involved in this and this must have been planned. But again, what gets me is like, how would they know that they were going to be there that night? Right. I mean, somebody, whoever's behind this knew exactly what they were doing and had a very well thought out plan on how they were going to make them disappear. So let's say, let's say it is Joe and he sends someone to harm Danielle and Richard. He didn't know that she was going to be there that night. That was a random plan. So if, if the target was her, it just doesn't make any sense. 
Right. But from the other side, I think it is possible that if he did hire a hitman, they were just following them, mm-hmm, tailing, waiting for probably a tailed them that it, looking for yeah, the opportunity. That's true. And, that's totally true. Kind of put, just keep a watch on this couple. And yeah. when you have an opportunity to do something. Right. And who's to say though, that the target wasn't both of them, but one or the other too. I mean, right, we, don't we don't know. know. Maybe you just, both of them went missing by default because they were together, but we have no idea if maybe it was just targeted towards Danielle yeah. or Richard, but in Joe, yeah, if true. Joe is involved in some way, it would probably be a targeted to both of them. Yeah. So it makes sense that they wanted to, he would want to take out both of them. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's absolutely no evidence of this. The polygraph did not indicate anything. So mm-hmm. he's kind of ruled out at this point. So it still leads you with like who else would have wanted them to disappear. So the next theory kind of points the finger at Richard uh, apparently Richard was angry after initially being rejected by Danielle and after Valentine's day passed without any contact from Danielle, his anger grew and perhaps after meeting Danielle for the night and having a good time kissing, laughing, etc., Richard tried to take things to the next level in the truck and Danielle didn't consent and Richard got angry and decided to kill Danielle and then got rid of the truck and ran away. However, Obviously, there's no evidence for this, and the family's like, this would just be completely out of character for Richard. This just does not make any sense to me. There's no way that that's what happened. Like, who would even get that mad about it? He had no previous behavior or, like, stalking behavior towards her. We don't know how angry he was. That's completely a theory. Like, he, he could have been upset that she wanted some time, but he didn't... She didn't reject him. She didn't say, I'm not interested no. in you. I hate you. She said, I need some time because I'm going through a divorce. And he was like, okay, that's fine. I highly doubt that after that night, after this group was with them. And everything was fine. Yeah, and they would have said that, something. Yeah. His friends would have been like, and he was a little bit like controlling of her or a little handsy or, yeah. you know, there would have been something. sign of some sort. No. That, and it's just not in his character. He's no. a really good dad. He's known as being a totally nice guy. He makes cakes for a living. Right. Like, he, this just does not make any sense to me. And I guess when you have a couple go missing, like I said earlier, you do look at the, the male cause they're stronger and maybe they took, maybe he took her and went somewhere with her. But when you look at these people and just the actual evidence in the case, it just doesn't add up that way at all. No. And how would he have done this so perfectly and cleanly that there would be absolutely no trace whatsoever. And wouldn't, if there was a struggle in the car or something, wouldn't yeah. have somebody have seen something yes. like there would have been something. I feel like if this were the case, there would be some sort of evidence to suggest that there was a struggle or a violent encounter afterwards that night. And then something bad happened. But the other theory that's out there is that Richard and Danielle just ran off together. Yeah. Which is possible could happen. But then again, when you look at them as people yeah. and where they were in their lives, they have kids. No way. Why would they leave she their children not. that night? He would not. They just were, they're both really good parents. There's no way they would do that. And even if they did, we still probably would have seen some evidence of them leaving. Like they checked all of the major cameras and they clearly didn't just take off together. I guess you would could think that, but no, that's clearly not what happened here. No, and the police put out alerts for the trucks. So if any any officer had seen the truck, they would have been pulled over. There's and, no way if these two are out there, they would do this to their families. Yeah, their families are going crazy over this. These were really cl- like wholesome family people. They loved their families. They were super all close. really close. Yeah. yeah, super close. So there's this just doesn't make sense. There's no way they would do that. And I feel like there would have been a better plan. If yeah. they were going to do that, they're going to leave like 
after drinking yeah. uh, at a yeah a bar that night no like where could they have even have gone no no it doesn't make a lot of sense another theory that the fbi have acknowledged that is a possibility still is the fact that maybe richard on the way home lost control of the truck and then ran it into the river at some point Mm -hmm. i mean the delaware river is super super big yeah and there's a lot of places where it could have gone off that maybe we just haven't found evidence of of somebody going off the road maybe and it ran into the river but the problem is is that they did an extensive search yeah. of the river and the areas around those bridges and everything. And mm-hmm. they found absolutely nothing. Yeah. And there, and they did go and find like they sent divers in there, Marine uh-huh. divers in there. And no, they thoroughly, there's a bunch of cars at the bottom of the river, but they're like stolen cars, things like that. Yeah. There's, there's no evidence, whatever. Uh, there's no evidence whatsoever to suggest that Richard just lost control and ran off into the river at all. Another theory that's out there and it's a little far fetched is, is that Richard had ties to organized crime. Because back in 2016, Dr. William J. O'Brien III was sentenced to 30 years in prison for unlawful distribution of controlled substances resulting in fatality and other related charges. He was essentially running what they call a pill mill. There was also nine members of the Pagans Motorcycle Club who also pled guilty along with Dr. O'Brien. And although the FBI hasn't come out and stated that they believe there is a connection, FBI agent Vito Roselli, the agent handling Daniel Richards investigation interviewed a member of this motorcycle gang and urged him to get ahead of the bullshit that's going to be coming down and also told him in order to help yourself, you got to clean this up. And this came from an interview tape that was played at their trial. So the same agent that's working on their case is also working on this case and is suggesting possibly that maybe they know something about it. And of course that group completely denies it. Right. And there, and there is no direct link whatsoever to tie this motorcycle gang to the disappearance of Richard. It and seems Danielle. pretty unlikely. Mm-hmm. Regardless of all of these theories though, the families and investigators believe that Richard and Danielle are now deceased. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's been a, a while now, so I don't think they've like officially pronounced them dead, but yeah, that's what they believe. And it's, pretty likely at this point that mm-hmm. they're not going to come home. Alive. Whatever happened. Yeah. They didn't make it. But at this point, it's like, we just want to know what happened. Imagine how the family feels yeah. having no idea. That's the worst, yeah. worst place to be. I feel like when you don't know what happened to your loved one at all, Yeah, because your mind's just going to go wild thinking of all the possibilities and running it through. Like I know if it were me, I'd be having dreams and all types of, you know, things would come to my head of maybe it was this, or maybe it was that, or the fact that it could, could have been a car accident. And they could think, oh, what if their car's just out there somewhere and it's crashed and we just haven't found it yet? I mean, just not knowing is yeah. so unsettling and right. terrible. Well, there's no way to get closure. Yeah, no. At all. Absolutely not. And it seems like this is just a really difficult one to solve. Like, will they ever be able to solve this? Because it seems so professional. Right. Regardless of what happened to Richard and Danielle, the family wants answers. They need mm-hmm. to know what happened to them. They obviously somebody knows something. And so they have, are still enlisting the public's help and trying to get any information around their disappearance. So here are official descriptions of Danielle and Richard. So Richard was 35 years old at the time he went missing. He's five foot nine inches tall, weighed approximately 200 pounds. He has brown hair and blue eyes, and he also has a tattoo on his left arm displaying the name Angela and clown tattoos on his right arm. He was also wearing a gray hoodie, jeans, and sneakers, and he would now be 50 years old. 
Danielle was five feet, five inches tall, weighed 117 pounds and had say, and had hazel eyes, fair skin and brown hair. Danielle also had a tattoo of flowers on her lower back. She was wearing a black jacket, off white sweater and jeans. And she normally wears three small rings on either her left or right or middle finger. She was also carrying a two handled purse. She would now be 49 years old. So it's been 15 years this past February mm-hmm. that they've been missing. That's crazy. And yeah, still nothing. Like it's just wild that there's literally nothing Mm-mm. that has come out since then. And that's a long time for them to be out there. I mean, they've actively been looking for leads and clues and information, but just absolutely nothing has turned up. But it's still an open case. And if you do have tips or have any information, definitely contact the police. The saddest thing about this, though, is the two families are no longer working together. Yeah, it, it tore them apart. They're yeah. not they're not united in this search mm-hmm. anymore. And mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of fingers pointing because obviously emotions are, are running high. And, yeah. and you have to start putting the blame somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Danielle's family kind of believes that maybe Richard could have had something going on in his life, been tied up in some type of gambling debt, and that resulted in both of their deaths. But, you know, there's no evidence or proof for this. Right. Um, but Richard's family seems to be pointing the finger right back at Danielle saying that, you know, this was her ex-husband Joe yeah. and th- he got them both killed. Um, so they don't talk to each other or work together. And that's so heartbreaking. Like, I don't know if maybe they've had some type of reconciliation since, but last I heard, I think the last like official production on them was through ID discovery in Jan- in um, June, 2017. And as of that, they said they still were not talking that's really hard. Yeah. That's really, really hard. Because they could definitely lean on each other for support. I mean, who else understands what they're going through more than each other? Exactly. Yeah. It's just a shame. It is. And I'm sure Danielle and Richard would not want that. You know, they wouldn't want them fighting or not working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as of 2015, uh, Joe Embo and, and Danielle's son, Joe Jr., moved to South Carolina. And, wanted to get away from the area, probably. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the family doesn't see uh, Daniel's son all that often. It's horrible. And then Richard's daughter, Angela, is now running the bakery that yeah, she kind of took after her Richard dad. used to run. Yeah. Took She's over the family been business. She's so devastated over this, too. Like, just crushed. Loved her dad. Yeah. Ugh, I can't imagine not having answers like that for so long. So with all of this information, what's your best guess of what happened to them? I guess my best guess is that, like I said earlier, that there was someone in the car, forced them to drive somewhere and, you know, killed them or took them somewhere else, put them in a different vehicle and then got rid of their vehicle, had it broken down part by part. That's my best theory. Yeah. Um, What do you think, Janelle? Honestly, this one's crazy. I have no idea what would have happened to them. I mean, the fact that there's nothing there and there's like no answers. It's Mm -hmm. been a pretty long time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, honestly, it's really, it's, it's really bizarre how they just disappeared out of absolutely nothing. Out I know. Of thin air. And just for two people, yeah. it's, it's so, it yeah. doesn't happen very often. It's very weird. It is very weird. What for, do you think? I think that Joe knows more than he's saying. I do too. I, I, have I some come type back of to yeah, Joe. I, can see that. Mm-hmm. I think that Joe probably is involved in some way. He had somebody has to be, and if it's going to be anybody in this situation, it'd be Joe, especially knowing that he 
seemingly didn't want this divorce to happen and wanted another chance with her. And then mm-hmm. Richard's in the picture now, maybe mm-hmm. had prior beef with Richard and there's specific reasons. Jealousy. Exactly. And I mean, there's been rumors about Italian mafia ties. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of things out there and you just don't like what these organized crime groups. The problem is, is that you just don't know who they mm-hmm. are and they could be yeah. the most ordinary people. Right. They could be a father. They could be a baker. I mean, they could be anybody that seemingly on the outside doesn't look like a criminal, but they are involved with this organized group. And we know that these groups really exist and there are hitmen out there that still operate and, and yeah. do killings and, and abductions and things like this. So mm-hmm. it's very possible that for whatever reason, either Richard was targeted for something. I, I think there could be more to Richard as well. And maybe Richard knew how to, or just kind of kept it separate from everything. But then again, Maybe. it's like the FBI did a deep dive and everything. Yeah. So I feel like they if there was something? something major, he had a major debt, they would have found that or like found someone that would want to hurt him or I don't know. So really the only plausible scenario is Joe wanted, if he couldn't Maybe. have her, then he's going to take them both out. But then yeah. again, why, why? But you see like all, I mean, he totally could have though, easily met up with someone and paid them and yeah. have the, had them taken care of. But yeah, what what I said earlier, it gets me that why would he want to harm her? This is the mother of his son. I mean, that's hard, but at the same time, it it's happens, possible. Yeah. It does happen. It does, it does happen. happen. You can never really understand the motive behind a killer. Like normal people just don't think that way. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I just hope one day they get the answers they deserve. Cause this is just incredibly sad. Maybe Joe hired, maybe what the point was just to take, um, Richard out, but then they accidentally took, he accidentally took both of them out or something weird happened. And mm-hmm. like the purpose was just to have him gone. If, if her ex-husband actually, like yeah. if Joe actually has involvement, but, and then something happened and both of them ended up dying. It's just bizarre that like nothing has been found and that they weren't on cameras. It just seems like that it's too perfect to yeah. be an accident. You right. Know? It's yeah, not just, just a, a random, random crime friend. of opportunity. No. There's, There's no, no way. way, no way at all. Like this was clearly planned out. Somebody that was a professional mm-hmm. took them, disposed of the vehicle in some way, shape or form. I mean, yeah. there's all types of scrap yards and chop shops. Seems where like we all pretty much agree. They on can what probably compact it up and I'm sure the police are thinking the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. And it's not that hard to make bodies disappear. No, especially if you not. know what you're doing. So I know. So there is a $50,000 reward being offered to anyone with information on Richard and Daniel's whereabouts or information leading to the arrest of their perpetrator. And this can be done anonymously. And anyone with information is asked to call the Philadelphia Citizens Crime Commission tip line at 215-546-TIPS, which is 8477. Yeah. I mean, who knows? crazier things have happened. I mean, this case could be solved one day. Yeah. There could be, there could be some information that's being kept from us too. Like parts of this, that would make it a little more clear. We have have no idea. Right. And my thought too, is if this is done by a professional group, there could be people out there with information. They're just too scared to come forward. Oh yeah, definitely. Someone knows something. Even if you could submit tips anonymously, like somebody could be, if you're clued into what's happening behind the scenes and there is some type of organized crime group or mafia, you know, a lot of people don't want to mess with those types of, of groups. So mm-hmm. maybe they're keeping it, but yeah, that pretty much wraps up this case. Yeah. We want to know, you know, your thoughts, if you have any theories of what could have happened, anything that we didn't bring up, we'd love to hear it. 
Um, but that's it for us this week. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. If you guys enjoyed this episode of the Malhar Podcast, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Spotify and iTunes. And definitely uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram because yes. it is nice. If you want to know what's going on with us, that's where we post all of our updates, mm-hmm. especially with the YouTube situation. Yeah. So <laughs> it's probably a good idea to go uh, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. But that is it. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe. And stay woke. We'll see you guys next time. Small Me Cafe is the answer to your day. The question is whether you go with a rich caramel frappe paired with a warm cinnamon roll, a sweet caramel macchiato paired with a blueberry muffin made with real blueberries, or a hot chocolate paired with a classic apple fritter. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Don't worry, there's never a wrong choice. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. The $2 Small Me Cafe is the answer to your day. The question is whether you go with a rich caramel frappe paired with a warm cinnamon roll, a sweet caramel macchiato paired with a blueberry muffin made with real blueberries, or a hot chocolate paired with a classic apple fritter. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Don't worry, there's never a wrong choice. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.